really like that. Even though I've heard it many times now, I still have been touched by that situation. You know, he had, everybody probably would have been on his side against her, wouldn't they? They won't, see, it's what amazes me is they, the church forgave the pastor, but they didn't take in consideration the uh, youth pastor yeah. and what had happened to him. Yeah. Or if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. Remember that. You can call trespasses sins. I, I, I did my own. Go ahead. You can get it online. All right, let's talk about David. He did not seek revenge. And this, this is one of the most remarkable stories that I've ever heard about David. He did not seek revenge in his heart. He, he, he loved Saul. <laughs> Saul was like his father. But yet Saul was jealous of him and, and uh, tried to kill him a couple times. But David did not ask God to punish Saul. Is that something we would have done? David never held unforgiveness against Saul. He had two times a chance to uh, kill Saul. Saul was chasing him for how many years? About 12 to 14 years. Or so. Yeah. He was, and if you've been to Israel like, like we have, there's not much to do. Not, not, not many places to hide that have any water at all. So the places that have water are populated by people. <laughs> so the Lord hid him for at least 12 years, and he didn't seek revenge. So the time that he cut the robe, however he did it, he just cut the robe off. And, uh, and then when Saul walked away, he said, hey, I got this. <laughs> I could have killed you, but I didn't. I just want you to know that I'm innocent of anything that you say about me. So Saul says, yeah, you're a better man than I am. <laughs> and he left and went off. Isn't that something? Yeah. But then, again, God put everybody in the army asleep. Now, I, I don't know how they knew that, but they did. Um, David... And his, his men knew that the enemy was asleep. So they were down in a valley. David took Abishai, which is probably the most uh, manly soldier he had, <laughs> and he took him down to uh, Saul, where Saul was sleeping, and he, he said, let me kill him right here. That's what he, his, his, his soldier told him. Let me kill him right now. All your troubles will be over. Nobody will chase you again. God has put him in your hands. Now that's what really, really uh, concerns me. God has placed him in your hands. And, you know, he can't... Uh, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, he could have justified, it, it justified that the rest of his life. But no, David chose to forgive Saul for what he had done. And he says, nope, can't kill him because God appointed him. And so this, this, is, this story has really been, it meant a lot to me. It doesn't, this story that John Bevere tells is, is, is awesome. I, I have never heard one like that before. And uh, the next uh, slide is about healing. Unforgiveness can stop healing. Now, I, w I went to Brazil six times 
Tom, you've been there more than six, probably. <laughs> so one time I was praying for a line. There must have been 50 people in the line. And I'm not an expert in healing. And I'm, I'm not an expert in prayer. But what I did was I said, Lord Jesus, would you heal this person's headache? Or heal this person's stomach cancer? Whatever it is, I don't know. And this woman had ringing in her ears. I'll never forget her. And she spoke uh, Portuguese, and I had a 14-year-old or a 13-year-old interpreter. And uh, this is something I'll never forget. And I prayed for her three times. Nothing happened. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I was beginning to think of failure. And then I said, have you unforgiveness in your heart? She must have talked to my interpreter for five minutes. I mean, I was sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally I said, what's going on? So he said, she will not forgive her son and her, and her husband, ex-husband, for the things they've done to her. And she had ringing in her ears for 26 years. So I told her, unless you forgive him, you will not be healed. I don't know where I got that from. Holy Ghost. <laughs> must have been. And, and she did, she says, I'm like, I forgive him. Okay. And so she did it in her language. And, uh, and it went that, that size. And I must have had 50 people waiting on me. So I said, okay, you're healed. <laughs> so next, and more people. I think Pastor Tom was preaching in that big uh, soccer field we were in. Uh, he was preaching up there, and I was, I was praying for the healing of the people. And I would say seven out of ten were healed. It's the most amazing thing I've ever yeah, heard. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And, and this unforgiveness. So I got into a pattern of praying for someone. If nothing happened, I'll ask them if they've got any unforgiveness. And you can do that too. If you pray for someone and nothing is happening, ask them about this. Well, I don't feel like forgiving him. He's a, he's a, he's a jerk. He stole money from me or he did something. But you have to say, you might not feel like it, but you can do it. Just say, I choose to forgive him of all that he's done to me. You might not feel a thing. I was talking to one lady, and she's not going to this church anymore, but she said she would uh, forgive this couple that had, done, had stole $20,000 from them. They went into a partnership, and, and uh, they both paid $20,000, and the partnership went defunct, and they stole all the money. <laughs> they didn't pay any back. <laughs> she said it was really difficult to forgive them. And, and I'd say, Lord, I forgive them, because she knew she was supposed to forgive. And she said, I didn't feel a thing. For six months, every morning, I woke up and said, Lord, I forgive them. And she said, I grit my teeth sometimes. Lord, I forgive them. And uh, after six months... She saw them, I think it was Walmart, and she felt sorry for her. And she felt like she had forgiven her. So it took her six months to feel it. But she declared it over and over and over and over again until finally she started to feel that she had forgiven. So that's all you have to do is, is just say, I choose to forgive the person that has done you wrong person that has sinned against you and a lot of ex-wives you know you talk to you talk to men I'm, I usually uh, talk to men and the ex-wife is no good <laughs> have you ever talked to a man that likes her ex-wife <laughs> um, and that, they just go into a litany about them but uh, 
So I got on this uh, kick every time I would say, have you got unforgiveness? If they said no, I would say, have you ever been involved in the occult? And what, do I, what do I mean by that? Witchcraft. That's a very strong, uh, it's very strong against you. And it'll hold, it'll hold your healing at bay at, at times. So they would say, if they, if they had been involved, I'd tell them to renounce their occult involvement. And, uh, and they do that, and then we would pray for their healing. And many times, most times, it, were, it was successful. So this is, this is my, my experience in Brazil. Just again and again, throughout the New Testament, we're taught, even urged, to forgive others. In your own word, describe what it means to forgive. Okay? Pastor Tom's going to run the mic around. I'm a runner. <laughs> describe... Describe what it means. Who'd like to describe their... In your own words, describe what it means to forgive. That you have to swallow your pride. You have to swallow any um, what-about-me thoughts. You have, to, you have to really totally surrender it to the Lord and say... I forgive them. Lord, help me to follow through with that and continue with it and stay with it and keep it and let it take hold <laughs> because it's going to be hard. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's good. It, it is hard. Is anybody else? Back in the back here. Wow, I'm going to get my exercise. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good runner. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember reading this one time, and forgive it. I remember reading this one time, seeing this poster that said, forgiveness is like unlocking the door to set someone free and realizing you were the prisoner. Because that's really what it is. You're letting, it, you're letting yourself get out of that prison of that bondage of, of unforgiveness. Make a comment here. Um, when we, you know, we do prayer ministry, inner healing, and, of course, we go through a whole series of, uh, in the journaling process, who do you need to forgive? And I can't tell you numerous times, usually it's the people that are closest to us, right? Spouses, family, uh, members, father, mother, brothers, sisters, right? And once you have declared, I choose to forgive, we have numerous stories of that person getting saved after the forgiveness, so I don't know how that works as far as the cloud, you know, especially if you have a parent who's been, maybe they've really messed it up, and that child then forgives the parent. And we find out that something in the next series of time, that person gets free and the parent, they get saved and restored. There's something about the projected bitterness that may be justifiable in the wound. At least we justify it in the, in the natural. So, Jim. I've been a person who probably doesn't hold anything. Even when I was a small child, I, I forgave rather easily. But um, it's been a personal quest of mine to try and, I guess as a Christian, to live as God would live. That's what God would do. And so it's my opinion that the one way you forgive someone is as if it never happened. It implies to me that I've forgotten that it happened. And the hardest thing for me as a Christian 
is when I, not that person, when I keep running that tape in my head over and over again. And that's a trap. You have to treat it as God treated your forgiveness, which is that God places your sins between his shoulders where he cannot see them. So that's how I try and treat forgiveness is that as if it never happened. Thank you. Right behind you, Pastor Tom. Yeah, just real quick. It almost uh, seems like a demonic kind of um, unkindness that you have. Like you can, when you see someone that has unforgiveness, you can see they have that anger on their face, and they they want God to torture someone else, or they want someone else to pay for it. And yeah. I guess the opposite of that is uh, what heaven would do in inviting His forgiveness. I remember a situation years ago, uh, kind of triggered that. Uh, person obviously not here anymore, but this person had come <clears throat> to my office. I was a new pastor associate, and um, <clears throat> all eat up with with arthritis. This person was all, I mean, really eat up with arthritis. <clears throat> and she came to my office for prayer. And so I said, "Oh, okay. Well, that's what pastors do." And so, so I said, "Well, let me let me ask you before we do that. Um, do you have any unforgiveness? Because I had read recently about bitterness and arthritis, and." Uh, she goes, yeah, I, uh, my son was murdered, and I'll not, that guy sits on death row, but I'll never forgive him. So I said to her, you know, I was like, wow, I'm kind of stunned. I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to pray, but I don't think I can override the, what the Scriptures say. I said, well, I don't think I can pray for you. What were you supposed to pray for? I know I'm supposed to pray for you, but I can't pray for you, not unless you forgive. And it was one of that same thing. We went back and forth. I showed Scripture, blah, 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 and got nowhere. And I finally said, look, I can't pray for you. She goes, all right, Pastor, I'll forgive him. I said, well, that works. It was a willingness, not, a, not an emotional en engagement. But So she said, I forgive, and she started to cry. And then I started to cry. And she goes, you know, I don't have any grandchildren because he took my son. And, 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 like, now we're both bawling our eyes out. But there was this absolute true representation of Christ coming in. And I prayed for her. And her, her hands unlocked in front of my eyes. And I'm like, okay, this thing about forgiveness and bitterness. So that bitterness that wraps around us is, is progressive. And it, so it's true. It really is true. So unforgiveness can turn into hate. And it's very difficult to bless someone that you hate. But if you could bring your heart to the point that you could bless that person, the hate can fade away. But if it's not completely gone, you keep blessing that person until the ajita in your stomach is no longer there when you think of that person. And then you start thinking of that person in love. And it completely changes the entire feeling towards that person. It may not change the relationship that much because that person is still on that other side of the fence, but nevertheless, you free yourself of whatever's going on in your stomach every time you think of that person. You know, one thing that, uh, that I realize is I don't see things the way other people see them. Sometimes, ah, that was easy. That wasn't very hard. Wasn't much. I didn't do much to require forgiveness, so I let myself off the hook. But the other person did the same thing, and I, I crucify them. Have you ever done that? I have. 
I've noticed that people do not think the way I think. Everybody doesn't think your wife, your father, your mother, I mean, they don't think the way you think. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I I was uh, I was beat when I was a young boy by my stepfather, and I had so much hate toward this man. Uh, he actually beat me and my mother. Um, when I turned 18 years old, though, I told him if he ever touched me or my mother again, I would kill him. And what he brought up inside me was hatred. And I, I hated, I hated him, I hated myself, I hated everybody around me. But uh, when I was, when I was in the ministry, um, at Full Circle Ministry, the Lord spoke to me and he told me that I needed to forgive my stepfather. And so I wrote him a letter and told him that I forgave him for what he did to me. And uh, he contacted my sister and told my sister that he did not do that. But I, I talked to my mother and, and she said that he did. So. He, I did what God told me to do. Um, now, him, him not fessing up to it, that's on him. But uh, all that hatred that I had was taken away from Amen. me. Amen. And, and today, I don't know if y'all know me, but uh, I'm not about hatred anymore. I'm about love. And, uh, and I try to share that love with everybody. If you remember the sermon Sunday, maybe this would be a test, right? That what's the progression of the spirit of offense? First of all, we said it's demonic. It's a spirit, right? In encountering the spirit of offense. First is the offense. You get wounded for some whatever reason, right? Luke uh, 17.1 says it's impossible that we won't get offended. All right, so we get offended. Then we feel betrayed. You're supposed to love me. You, you did this to me, or that's not right. You stepped on my cape, and you shouldn't have stepped on my cape, right? I got pride, and I got my rights. No, you don't. But anyway, so we get offended. Then we feel betrayed. Betrayal then leads to hatred. First John says hatred is a murdering spirit. So you get murder in your heart. Even if it's not right that you're being abused and broken, that hatred leads to murder, which is murder. Because if you hate your brother, you're a murderer at heart. And that murder will either turn outward to rage, anger, bitterness, or inward to suicide, self-destruction. It's a murdering spirit. Yeah. And so that spirit of it starts out as offense. Betrayal goes to hatred, which then goes to murder, which then becomes deceiving. And Jesus deals with this in Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, he says, that will lead to cold love. When I return, right, there's going to be this place where cold love. So, and that's the progression that we see. That's why I get so concerned about what's going on right now in the government between all this stuff that's flying back and forth. It looks like vile hatred, which is a murdering spirit. And when we look at mass murder being released upon our nation, hey, this spirit is, is operating in our nation right now. So. Again, we don't feel the same way about what others do we, as we do ourselves. Just remember, you're easy on yourself and hard on others. That's, that's human nature, yeah. Ready for a microphone? <laughs> um, isn't it true that if you 
um, don't try to fight your battle and you give it to God, like to work on that person's heart instead of trying, you know, like getting uh, reacting and fighting for your, you know, your what you want and your your justice. If you give it to God, I think he'll more is I'm kind of thinking don't that kind of make it to where that person's heart can be worked on. I'm just kind of processing how when we release it to God instead of trying to, you know, fight on our own battle, I think that that person's, God can speak to that person's heart more clearly or something. Terry, you actually covered this, the example of David and Saul. Saul was given several opportunities. David didn't kill him in the cave. He didn't, uh, he didn't run him through when Abishai was there. And Saul at one point even said, you're a better man than I am and forgave. But then that that hating, jealous spirit kept operating on Saul to the point where God said, I'm done with you. And so, yes, you can turn that over, and, and, and God's a graceful guy. <laughs> God, he really is. All right, go ahead and flip that next slide. Number two says, how would you, your life be if God withheld his forgiveness for you from you for a month? What if he... Uh, Withheld it forever. Explain that. What if uh, God withheld forgiveness for you? So when you say, Lord, forgive me for that, and he didn't, how would you feel? <laughs> you know, you say something that you shouldn't say to a person, and that conviction come. Yeah. Oh, buddy. You got to pray even off even of Christians you. that are good, so long, good Christians feeling. constantly have to forgive. Yes, sir. You, you, we all need God's forgiveness. We We're not above that. <laughs> that means we had to ha we'd have to carry the shame and guilt. Yeah. And when you carry shame and guilt, you feel condemned. Okay. Um, and and the thing is, when we have to ask for forgiveness, we have to make sure that if we do something wrong, we have to ask for forgiveness right away. Okay, we have to go to God and ask for forgiveness yeah, right. right away. We can't wait like um, two days, three days. Yeah, get, it grows hair as Tommy. <laughs> yeah, we have, to, we have to go to him right away if we do something wrong. You know what I mean? No matter what it is we've done wrong, we have to go to him and ask him for forgiveness like right away and mean what we say and not to do it again. Amen? Yeah. I remember uh, Phil Walls <laughs> was an influence on me. At first, when I first came to this church, probably 15 years ago. And Phil said, Terry, keep your list short. Now, you know what he meant? It means when you sin, recover and say, Lord, forgive me for that. Or if you, like, like my mother said, if you make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some denominations will say that. You, you don't if sin, you make, you make mistake. mistakes. Yes, yeah, it's not a sin, it's a mistake. Well, call it what you will, but uh, <laughs> we, all, we yeah, agree, Jesus. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So mother probably said that she make mistakes, but she's willing to go to Jesus and say, correct it. Well, she, yeah, she just didn't call it a sin. She That's asked, it, right. She might have asked Jesus to forgive her. Sure, sure. But she didn't call it a sin. And in, in her doctrine, that, that was, uh, it was a Nazarene church, and, and they believed that once you get 
sanctified, you don't sin. Okay, go ahead. So, in the grief process, we try to live without that person, right? And it's a process, as they say. But sometimes, like, it's been almost three years now, so I'm trying, I'm trying to live a normal life, right? And you're just going along your day trying to live a normal life. And the, re the memories just sometimes just flood the head, and, you, you know, it's hot. But there are times when you're not thinking about that person at all, and all of a sudden, a memory will come in your head that you said or did something that you shouldn't have. And you say, oh, my God, now I can't ask him to forgive me because he's gone. <laughs> That's right. And I'm like, my goodness. And yeah. I repent to God because maybe I, sh I shouldn't have put him off. I sh or I should have believed him. Or I should have, you know, let him do what he wanted to do. Or I should have done what he told me to do. You know, those kind of shoulda, wouldas. Oh, my goodness, I have a soul list of, of those things. And then I say, God, if he... Gave, if you give him back to me, I will change me. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That take taking every thought captive, and it's because if you again, if you ruminate, this goes both ways. One is I need to be forgiven immediately. I want to be forgiven immediately. We got lots of grace for ourselves, but I don't want to give this person who just offended me a whole lot of grace. So we need to immediately go and ask for forgiveness for our stuff, so we don't carry shame and guilt. Because that brings condemnation, which brings depression, despair, discouragement, unworthiness, all the sisters that run in that realm, right? But on the other side, if you ruminate on your offense, that thing grows hair. It really does. And you will justify why I'm needing to be angry, and then you're running off, and now you're gossiping, hatred, projecting curses. It's like, please help us. And your friends will support you. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll be right there with you. You'll draw them right I, into I've the had, sin. I've had friends tell me, oh, they, they stayed seven months in your house. You need to kick them out. Yeah. That's, that was the advice I got. Yeah. So your friends, oh, and one thing about it is you never, you don't always, God doesn't always forgive the person, or not forgive him. He doesn't always save the person. He might go to his grave mad. And I know some instances like that where the men and the woman do not forgive. And uh, I was listening to uh, a testimony. I don't know when it, where it was. But this woman said, well, I can't forgive them yet for what they've done to me. Have you ever heard that? Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Yeah. You've got to forgive them. Yeah, how much time do you have to give forgiveness? <laughs> no, that's how many times. But how much time? You do it now. <laughs> what is it? Which scripture? If Ephesians four, Ephesians four says you have till you have till sundown. Don't let the sun go down because it gives a strong foothold to the devil. Yeah. So you only got a few hours that you can carry that thing around. He does. <laughs> he sure does. That's, I'm a Bible person, you know. Yeah, he's a Bible believer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Somebody else, uh, she wanted to talk. <laughs> she didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> probably sounds silly, but like when you feel the anger and stuff, uh, what do you do? You just kind of, is it okay to kind of try to be by yourself 
for a little while. <laughs> you know, wh what exactly? Because, you know, we forgive and everything, but in the process, we want to be loving, of course. There's yeah. been times I'll pray, God, help me, you know, I want, I'll... I choose your way, Lord, to help my heart to love. That's the way I was taught, Lord. Help me to show love. And just like during that waiting time, is it, what should you do? Just go be well, by I, yourself? I think, I think you're going to have to force it. You're going to say, I choose to forgive. Right. And I just mean, leave it, it there. Yeah, and it you might have to do it over and over again. It, it, it depends. Uh, I de first of all, it depends on your personality. And then also who you're in relationship with. I tell this story. My wife and I, we, you know, we'd have, we have arguments once in a while, right? And so we Intense. decided that we would, uh, instead of shouting at each other and I'm going to convince her why she's not right and I am, we decided <laughs> I'd go get a cup of coffee. She'd get a cup of coffee. Yeah, just go and for we a would ride. sit down and come back together. Yeah. Well, it, it depends. So however it works. And uh, sometimes it's just best to walk away, but sometimes you got to... Draw the line and said, no, that's the way it's going to be. So I think it depends. Uh, Miss Eddie. Eddie. Miss Eddie. <laughs> the Holy Spirit that lives in you will not let you get away with nothing. <laughs> that's he true. Will, that's he, true. What he said, he chastised those that he loved that belong to him. Yeah. So if he ain't convicting you of your wrongdoings, I tell you what, you better go and seek him some more. What it does, what it does do for you, if, if you've forgiven someone who doesn't change, it helps you inside and out. <laughs> you know, you were your stomach was tied up in a knot every time you saw him, and that's been released. And Let me tell you something. I had to pray, and I had to pray, and I had to pray, and I said, Jesus, you know, we, I can't do this. I said, you're going to have to do this for me. There you go. There you I go. said, I want to be able to turn this curve and look at them things like they're nothing. And I tell you what you think he didn't. <laughs> Amen, he did. Yeah. Okay, Jim, go ahead. Get over it. That's good. Now, let's, we, John, John Bevere talked about this, but what did Jesus mean when he said to forgive 70 times 7? There's no end to it. Okay. We all agree that that's forgive everything. You don't have an end to it, how many times you forgive. What two things happens to the servant who demanded his fellow servant repay him? What two things happened to the servant who demanded that his fellow servants should pay him? He was tortured, though. He was tormented. Yeah. Tortured, and he lost, did he lose everything? Yeah. He lost his freedom. Lost his freedom. Where did, he went to debtor's court, which they don't have anymore, but. Uh, I don't think, I don't think he'll ever get over did it, I don't think, I, I, I don't remember the family. Did, did anybody read that? Was it, was it his wife too? I don't remember that. I, that could question? be true. 
Who who do the torturers represent? Demons. Yeah, demons. What is God showing you in this parable that you can apply in your life? <laughs> All right, keep your list short. That's a, that's good advice. I'm telling you, if, as soon as you feel that you've done something wrong, confess it to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry I did that. And if you get a chance, go and talk to the person you need to forgive. The one thing that jo- Joyce, Joyce Meyer says, and don't tell them what they did to you. In your case, Doug, when you said to your, your stepfather, I forgive you for doing this, that he always takes on the defensive. So she said, Joyce Meyer says, when you say, I forgive you, don't point out what you forgive them of. Now, that makes a good sense. I, didn't, I had to read that over and over again to get that. But if you forgive someone, I forgive you, and then leave it there. And then, then the Holy Spirit will work on them and tell them what you need to forgive them for, what, what he has forgiven you for. And he, he might have come up to you and said, did I, did I do something for you? <laughs> did I do something? <laughs> yeah, keep you short. This person I wrote a letter to. And I said, I forgive you, I forget, because I want to go on, and I, I do that for myself. Yeah. It's a gift you give yourself. I had, to, uh, I had to forgive my ex-wife. Now, that's not easy. I wrote an email to my ex-wife asking for her forgiveness. <laughs> Whew. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm free. <laughs> So right now we have a great relationship. My daughter is staying with my ex-wife. They get along. The Lord has been with them and helping them to get along. Before, they wouldn't even stay together two weeks. They would get at each other's throat, and they would fight the whole time. But I've forgiven her. She, she has forgiven me, and, uh, and, that, and my daughter is benefiting from that relationship that I have with my ex-wife. Isn't that something? This walk of Christianity is not easy, is it? <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> Thank no reason we needed a comforter and a helper. Amen? Holy Spirit. He's the paraclete, the one who's called alongside. How many have never heard the word paraclete before? All right. Well, the paraclete is the one that's called alongside. And Advocate or that's why Jesus I, said, I'm going to go away. It's good I go away because the Father's going to send you a helper. And we need help as Christians. I call him the lawyer. Yeah. When I'm standing in front of God after I die, I'm going to stand in front of God, and God's going to say, how did you love? Did you learn to love? Mm. And my lawyer, who's Jesus Christ, will say, I forgive him. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. He didn't, I, he didn't say, no, Terry wasn't perfect, but I had to forgive him. No. He's going to say, I forgive him. And all his sins have been washed away. Oh, we don't want to carry anything. <laughs> okay, go. Number four, what was the betrayal of the Pastor John's message? You know, the last story he told, what did the guy do? Wow. Yeah, he, stole, he stole his wife. That, that's awful. <laughs> wow. Isn't that a bad, isn't that sin higher than the others? <laughs> it sure feels like it. I, I was watching TV last week, and there was a man looking like he'd done something who had raped a little girl 
And he was put in jail for life. He was sentenced to life. What, what's your first thought when, that, when you hear that? Good, yeah. He deserves it. He needs to be there, right? Well, I felt sorry for the man, and I, I almost started crying when I listened to it. Because this man is a sinner, saved, and he can be saved. God will forgive him. And uh, I, I pray that he will have somebody with him, and I prayed for him, that somebody will go to his, I don't even know where he lives. I don't know. Oh, you're Did thinking he? Epstein. Yeah, no, this is another guy. Yeah, he was, he was last week it happened, and uh, it was awful. And it, it, I go to jail, I go to the jail, and these guys, they're awesome people. I, I had about 11 yesterday. Yeah, they, they get saved. Sometimes people need jail to get saved. So they need the, 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 they would never watch the movie Shack without being in jail. So they learned to do something they were forced to do. And sometimes the jail is actually good for people. What, what do you think, Doug? <laughs> That's right. They get, they get into the Bible, and I'm telling you, some of the people in jail know more about the Bible than I do. And I've read it over and over again, but they know more about it. Almost as much as Pastor Tom here. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all, I'll test you. What did Corey Tenboom have to do to forgive? Y'all First remember of all, that do you story? Know who, do you know who Corey Tenboom is? Oh, Cor- she. Tell the story on She Terry. was in the, in the, the Dachau. I think it was Dachau. Yeah. In the Nazi Germany. She lived with uh, these women stacked like cordwood. And she, she got fleas. And her, her, deal, her deal was she forgave. And she said, Lord, everything that you, get, that you give us, we, 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 we say we take it. So she found out later that those people had fleas. And the guards wouldn't go near them. So they could have Bible studies in their in their in their uh, pay, in their rooms because nobody would dare go in there. But then she, after she was eighty years old and she was preaching all over the United States, I think she's passed now. One of the guards came up to her and says, "Please pray for me." One of the meanest guards that she knew came up and asked her to pray for him. Now she didn't. She wasn't recognizable by him. What would you do? If the guard that had made your life miserable and actually killed people one after the other. So what she did was she, she was, yeah. she, her, her sister her died in, 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 yeah, in her the, sister died and her dad died. Yeah. It was, it's a great story. It's called this, what's it called? The hiding place. It's, read that book if you need to. It's really good. No, it's not the hiding place. That was, uh, uh, well, maybe it was the hiding place. It was hiding place. It was hiding place, yeah. Was hiding place. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. She also had a, a, va- a vase of oil. You want me to get on it, Jim? <laughs> she had a vase of oil, a little thing of oil. Every time somebody would get vitamin C deficiency or something, she would put this oil on their tongue. It never ran out. Amen. They would always get down to right there and stop. It never ran out. She always, 
Yeah, her sister needed it all the time. She loved her sister. She loved her dad. And the mother was killed early. But, uh, uh, Auschwitz. It was one of the worst prisons. I don't know if it was Dock Isle or Auschwitz. I don't know which one it was. What is helping you stay free from offense? <laughs> Holy Spirit. He, if you don't, if you think you did it without without doing it wrong, he will correct you. <laughs> you need to worry about this. I, I, what I do is I get my downloads in, in when I sleep. Sometimes God will say something to me in my sleep, and uh, uh, I say, "What in the world is that?" <laughs> uh, There you go. There you go. He said he has been forgiven, and that's what keeps him going, right? And uh, that's that's the way we can all. Doesn't matter what you've done. There's only there's one forgive one thing that you can do. What's that? It's called the unpardonable sin. Blaspheme in the Holy. Blaspheme of the Holy Spirit, cursing cursing God. All right. Some of these things are just too hard for us to do. What can we do then? Give it to Jesus. Ask God to help you. I know God will help you forgive them. And all you have to do is say, God, help me forgive such and such. I don't feel like it, but help me do it anyway. Remind me of everything that, uh, that I need to do. So God, just don't, don't forget that God will help you. Okay, let's see what the summary of what he said and everything that we talked about. A person who cannot forgive is one who has forgotten that they have been forgiven of. We've each been forgiven an unpayable debt and rescued from eternal punishment by the mercy of God. When I, uh, last week when I was talking to my atheist cousin, one of his arguments, Pastor Tom talked about Sunday, one of his arguments was, I don't believe in a God who would, who would send people to hell to burn forever. After a trillion years, they're still burning. That's hard. But there's something, I took psychology, uh, and in psychology they say that if you don't want something to happen, you make, the, you make it worse, the worst thing that can possibly happen. Like in, in Iran, if you steal, what do they do? They cut your, cut your hand off. So if you make the punishments more severe than anything else, then people will stop doing it. Okay? That is true. So I, that, that may be, I'm not an expert, but that may be why there is a hell. I don't know. In order to experience the grandiose or the grandness of God's forgiveness, we have to extend forgiveness to others. He reminds, this, reminds us of this again and again in his word. His word is God's word to us is in the Bible. And uh, it, is, it is written. People say, well, how, how I don't, I'm not here to defend translations, but if God can, can work on King James in 1611, he can also work on anybody today. He can, he can, he can be there for everybody who, who, does, who tries to translate them. He'll be there right over their shoulder. And, and if, it's, if it's not done right, we will know it because we know what the truth is. That's the way I feel about translations. But... <laughs>
No matter how we categorize it, sin is sin. This applies to unforgiveness too. It is sin, not just a weakness. Guarding ourselves from this trap is vital. That's number three. Number four, summary. Whenever we encounter offense, we'll come out of it changed. What we do with it will determine our future. Our options are either bitter or better. There's no in-between. So if you want to be bitter, <laughs> just keep them in that unforgiveness area. Okay? If you want to be free, there's, there's a, uh, these chains. What's that song goes talks about the chains? Oh. Break every chain. <coughs> break, yeah, somebody... Break every chain. What that is, is everything that's going to hold you back, you break. <laughs> and, the, and the last one, number five, we sang that in, in prayer. Or prayer. Yeah, we had prayer meeting. You do have the ability to forgive any offense because the love of God has been poured into your heart. And as you continue to receive his forgiveness, know that you can extend that same forgiveness and grace to others. Just remember, God is in your heart and he loves you. I have something written on my, I've said this before. God is good, God loves me, and he can be trusted. Just say that over and over again. God is good, he loves me, and he can be trusted. So if something happens in your life that you can't understand, God is good, he loves you, and he can be trusted. So just, just, just take, it, take it for good. I'll read three scriptures. I think I got. I don't think I got these in the slide. For if you give men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, neither will you your Father forgive sins. That's six, Matthew six fourteen and fifteen. Luke six thirty seven says, "Forgive, and you will be forgiven." Matthew six twelve, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's the Lord's prayer. Uh, thank you. Let's all stand and we'll, we'll go ahead and quit. Thank you, Lord, for being here today, tonight, as we talked about forgiveness and offense. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll clean off every part of us. Help us, Lord, to keep our list short, to repent of all the sins we commit, any sin that we commit, and help us, Lord Jesus, not to do it again. Just guard us, Lord, guard our hearts, and help us to love you. In Jesus' name, amen.